This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. The U.S. Supreme Court has been in the news quite a bit lately as they have made some controversial decisions regarding education, first striking down affirmative action in college admissions and then striking down President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. Today, they talk about this issue with NNPA senior national correspondent, Stacy Brown. Good morning, Stacy. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, Stacy. first, let's talk a little bit about uh, affirmative action because this is something that really uh, could set back uh, us quite a bit as a society with the Supreme Court ruling that uh, came down last week. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's about the college admissions, but it's, it, it extends beyond that when you look at the bigger picture. But here's the thing with that, you know, folks, there are folks saying, well, you know, we don't need uh, uh, African-Americans and other minorities don't need, you know, these type of handouts. It's not a handout. You know, it's, it's leveling the, the uh, playing field, giving African-Americans and, and other minorities an opportunity uh, where it would not have previously existed. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a sh- it's a shame that this Supreme Court, this conservative court, is really carrying the water for you know for the Republican Party, um, and 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 more and more the right wing side of the Republican Party. So, which makes this this court, as as the president uh, Biden said, it's just not a normal court. Right. And Stacey, you know, how do you believe this decision will impact uh, a DEI initiative? not only in the public sector, but in the private sector as well. And I know the decision does not uh, specifically address DEI and really deals more with education and college admissions, but certainly when you look at people um, and they start trying to make decisions, especially when you talk about in the public sector, they look at things like this and, and see how that would impact them in ways when they're actually making decisions about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, well, I think we've already started to see that. We... Um we, we saw where um, the several several high high profile at uh, I um, executives at Disney and and other companies um, have already walked away. They either have been let go or, or they they have uh, resigned. And what's interesting about that, um, Chris, not only does it coincide, or maybe it's a direct reflection of the Supreme Court's ruling that we're going to now see that happen all over the place because there's no no longer a sense that there's a need for DE&I, um, you know, officers or, or administrators. 
But if you recall, right after the murder of George Floyd, you had corporate America and others promising we're going to do better. And so they started creating all of these uh, diversity positions. Um, and now they are starting to uh, close them down. And the Supreme Court's ruling really gives more of an impetus to do so. Right. And, you know, Stacey, when we look at uh, affirmative action and affirmative action policies, you know, and, you know, I, I point to the fact where this has kind of been a culmination as far as the Supreme Court decision of a generation and a half of, of resentment uh, towards uh, African-Americans, other minorities, as we have sent, you know, students to college in record numbers in the last generation and a half. Um, and the people have seen um, the success that a lot of these uh, people have had in, in having, you know, corporate positions and public sector positions and uh, all these different mm-hmm. areas that, that they've gone into and have expanded the uh, middle class of the African-American community. But certainly, as we look at that transformation, people going to record numbers, it, we still have a lot of disadvantages as a community, and we're still not, you know, having the impact that we should be, that we believe we should be having across the board um, throughout our community, because still, you know, we're at the bottom tier of so many things from a community standpoint, from an economic standpoint. You look at the poverty rates in our community, when you look at access to um, uh, capital and access to the financial industries, when you look at, you know, all these different things, we're still far behind and still have a long way to go, even though people think that we've been given may some people may think that we've been given handouts and some people might think that mm-hmm. you know we're taking um, resources and positions away from people who are quote unquote more deserving well again um that <laughs> what's good for the goose right um so um that is something that's so interesting to me chris uh when it's broken down that way that uh as handouts it's like um, let's talk about these uh, legacy admissions. Aren't those, those handouts when Uncle, you know, billionaire gives a five million dollar endowment to USC or, or you know, Harvard or a different PWI? Automatically, their children and grandkids and, and, and nieces and nephews uh, are awarded um, entry into those uh, universities. So, what's the difference, right? Um, and, and in fact, that's exactly what the NAACP and um, other, the ACLU and others are doing now. They filed a lawsuit challenging Harvard University's legacy admissions um, because that discriminates against um, you know, students of color because they're using you know, these these um, their connections, their family ties. These, and, and predominantly white family ties who are giving money to these universities, they're allowing them their, their uh, offspring to come into the uh, schools free. So you're taking up a lot. And I think there was a, um, a survey done on that as to or a study done on that, I should say, or as to how, what percentage, for, particularly of, of a university like Harvard, is um, through these type of legacy admissions. And if you took away the legacy admissions, then you're taking away all the white students pretty much. Uh, yeah. So and, isn't that a handout? Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> and uh, so, so I think it's really, 
you know, when I say what's good for the goose is also good for the game, and that's what the ACLU is saying. That's what the, the, the lawyers for civil rights are saying. That's what the NAACP is saying. Okay, you want to take away affirmative action, that also should include taking away these legacy admissions. And Stacey, and let's talk a little bit about financing a little bit when it comes to colleges, too, because uh, the student loan forgiveness uh, program uh, is something that many uh, people with student loans were very excited about. And now their hopes, dreams and excitement uh, about um, having this relief uh, has come to an abrupt halt uh, with a, uh, a different Supreme Court ruling that was handed down last week as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a shame because. So many struggles, and particularly during and, and since the pandemic, they have struggled to pay their student loan debt. And the thing about it, uh, Chris, uh, the, the administration had did the right. They, you know, they did the right thing. They were going to forgive ten thousand dollars of student debt, which really is not a whole lot of money um, when you think about the average student loan debt is probably six figures, and. Mm. And those who have Pell Grants, they were going to forgive as much as $20,000. That money could go into the economy in other ways. You know, these banks that give the student loans, they are, they are, they're making money hand over fist. They're, they're, being, uh, they're the ones who get the bailouts uh, from the government. They're the ones who get all the breaks from the government. And yet, yet when it comes to forgiving these loans, money that they're going to recoup, one way or the other, the banks that gave out these loans would recoup one way or the other. Now it's a problem. Everything about uh, politics, uh, at least since uh, the former President Trump took office, has been uh, about making sure that we uh, keep the, the poor poor, the struggling struggling, and the rich rich. And this is no different. There are many uh, people who are struggling to make ends meet that still have student debt. This is a major blow, Chris, to, to those uh, individuals, and, and it's millions of them who have been saddled with student loan debt. When you look at Canada, they go to school free. Mm. Yeah. And, Stacy, there are some uh, that says it appears that the Supreme Court is really trying to legislate for the bench, which is not really their function, and others that are mm-hmm. saying – uh, that they've been doing it for a while, but now that people who have a more conservative agenda are benefiting, uh, while liberals uh, will have to just kind of accept the decisions of the court. Well, it, it is true. I mean, there's no question that they are legislating from the bench. This is, um, and again, I go back to President Biden's statement saying that this is not a normal court. They are certainly legislating from the bench. But, but the bigger picture to that, you know, they, they, they literally stole what, Two, three seats on the court anyway, but uh, when you when you go back and you look at when the Democrats controlled the White House two years ago when Biden got in, they controlled the House and they controlled the Senate for the most part. That was the time to do something about it, to expand the court, to to um, say, look, there, look, there's there's nine justices. There are 13 districts, so you can actually make a legitimate case to expand it to 13, and they refuse to do that. They, they, they want to be traditionalists. Well, traditionalists have continued to kill uh, any semblance of that Constitution being fair, any semblance of that bench being fair, and so therefore any semblance of America being uh, 
uh, fair, as, as Justice um, Jackson said, you know, America has never been colorblind. Well, when you have this uh, bench, this, uh, this court legislating, as you said, from the bench, and the way they, they are when you have a Clarence Thomas who um, somehow, somehow, despite his black skin, somehow believes he's the Grand Wizard of the KKK and acts accordingly, uh, you will never have a colorblind uh, America. And so um, until uh, Democrats start to, uh, those who, who, who really believe and, and understand that this is not right, until they start to behave that way and, and be as aggressive as their counterparts in the GOP, things will always be this way. Right. And then, Stacey, you, you beat me to my next question because I was going to ask you about, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Justices Clarence Thomas and Ketanji Brown-Jackson, both African-American, but certainly they appear to be on opposite sides of the color spectrum as it relates to the sides of the decision that they uh, chime in on. Um, and certainly, you know, as African-Americans, we've kind of seen uh, this coming for a while with Clarence Thomas and his stance on so many things, particularly as it relates to affirmative action over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. But certainly... Who, and who, by the way, Chris, um, we, you know, it's well known, uh, Thomas, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, is a product of affirmative action. Right. He went to school right. because of affirmative action. He was able to get into to Yale because of, an affirm, because of affirmative action. So um, for him to, to now, as they say, kick the ladder... The ladder he climbed up to kick it down and away from others to climb up is really, really as sinister as you can get. Right. Well, I think you're being nice and he kicked it down. I would say that he just burned it down to, yeah. to ashes and didn't even think twice about it. Um, and certainly, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020. But, you know, we've been talking about these issues for years as it relates to elections and voting and being intentional with your votes uh, because it has a trickle-down effect for so many things. And they talked about the presidential elections over the years about how important it was to make sure you had somebody in office uh, who would make sure that the Supreme Court uh, was a court that really would uphold the, the laws of the land but also would be fair about things and their decisions. And now we see that come full circle where, you know, People on one side of the spectrum who were supporting uh, Republicans um, took care of their business as it comes to the going to the polls, and other people who uh, were complacent a lot of times, you know, continue to do that. And now we're seeing the the after effects and the uh, pitfalls of not fully participating in the electoral process. Well, you know, I'll give you this, uh, Chris. So, you know, President Biden during the campaign trail made the point of saying that it was going to take the black vote for him to win. He, he made a point to say that he was going to appoint, and he did, a um, black woman at, in, to Supreme Court. Uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson is that justice. He made a point to say he was going to appoint a black woman as vice president, and we, we know that Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. Um, and he has done things since he's been elected that show that, listen, I appreciate uh, African-Americans, the African-American vote. Um, however, having said all that, uh, Chris, you have many black voters, those who vote, say, well, what am I voting for? I'm still 
getting the short end of the stick. And not just the short end of the stick, but they are, they are being disenfranchised still left and right. And so then you have someone like Ice Cube who comes up with a, a, a contract or a plan for black America, and without even looking at the plan or contract, black people, uh, at least black politicians, blast him. Uh, the president won't even give him a, uh, a sit-down. Uh, and he's saying, listen, maybe there's an alternative. If they're not going to hear us out, maybe there's an alternative. Let's look for an alternative. Um, and people are not hearing Ice Cube out. He's being, he's being um, you know, kind of muzzled left and right, at least attempting. Uh, they're attempting to muzzle him. They're freezing him out in his own words out of Hollywood. They're freezing him out. They're trying to to destroy his big three basketball league. Um, why is that? You, one has to stop and say, well, why, why are they attacking this man? We don't really know everything that's in that plan. Um, what we do know is what he said, and what he said is that he's trying to look out for the best interests of African Americans, whereas many others are just giving you lip service. Um, the, the point is, when they do cast their they they're still disappointed, uh, Chris. Mm. You're right. Well, Stacy, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show, um, and I'm sure um, you will continue to be on top of this and other issues that are impacting our community across this country. And I just want to thank you for you know all the work that you've been doing and keeping us informed uh, as things develop. Absolutely, Chris. I appreciate you and all you do, and congratulations on your uh, NMPA uh, award that you did. That the uh, Medium one uh, last week. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Have a great weekend, my friend.